Hi, I'm Father Daniel Duplantis, a Catholic priest, martial artist, and host of the Karate Priest Podcast. Have you ever wondered what the Church teaches about different topics? Are you a martial arts enthusiast or just someone who wants to learn more about martial arts? I'd like to invite you to join me and many guests on my podcast as we cover topics of faith, everyday living, and martial arts on the Karate Priest Podcast. everybody. Welcome back to A Catholic's Perspective, the podcast all about being a young Catholic surviving in a secular world. So today I thought it would be a fun podcast to kind of just talk to you guys, do a little chit chat and a Q&A. I really enjoy doing these Q&As because I get to interact with you guys and see where you are at on your faith journey. However, I can help with that and answer your questions to help you grow in faith. Um, and of course, the questions that you ask me also help me learn. Uh, so I just think around, like all around, it's just going to be a really good educational time. So just kind of going to hop right in here on some of these questions. Um, the first question we have is how to practice our faith when it feels like everyone around you is shaming you for it. I'm 21. Well, let me tell you that this is not easy. In fact, I've probably lost more friends because of my faith than I've lost friends because of disagreements. It unfortunately just seems to be a part of our lives as Catholics is to be kind of ridiculed and things of that nature. And I want to draw your attention to Matthew chapter five, the gospel of Matthew. Uh, in the Gospel of Matthew are the Beatitudes, and when I was first coming back into my faith, and I was really struggling calling myself a Catholic, and not just Christian, because I felt ridiculed and left out by a lot of my uh, Protestant friends, and when I went to confession, I had a very good priest friend of mine tell me to read and basically sticky note the Beatitudes to my bathroom mirror so that I can always be reminded that they hated Christ first. So I'll read those Beatitudes for you really quick, Justin. The Beatitudes are in Matthew chapter five, and they are, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the meek, for they shall possess the land. Blessed are they who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after justice, for they shall have their full. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they that suffer persecution for justice's sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So I'm going to give you the exact same advice that my priest friend gave me. And that is to read the Beatitudes every day and really ponder them and what it means to be Catholic, because we're not promised that life here is going to be easy. In fact, we should expect no less of a treatment than Jesus was treated when he was on earth and they actually crucified and killed him. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to crucify and kill you, but I do say that being followers of Christ means we need to follow in his footsteps and embrace our cross. And sometimes that means that we're going to suffer and, and we're really going to struggle in our relationships and friendships. But remember that Jesus suffered those exact same things. He was ridiculed by many. He was betrayed by one of his own apostles. And I think that can speak a lot to our own lives to know that the son of God, God himself, suffered the things that we suffer in everyday life. 
Um, and so I think keeping those things at the forefront of our mind and realizing that we're not exempt from suffering, but instead we can really unite our suffering with Christ. And in that way, it becomes more bearable. Now, when it comes to the physical things you can do, you know, how to practice your faith when it feels like everyone around you shames you for it, pray for those people because clearly they don't understand or take seriously um, Christ and the salvation that comes through the Catholic church. Maybe it's through their own ignorance. They might not know, but through prayer, we can find healing and we can lead them to Christ. Also continuing setting a good example and showing that you're not afraid of your faith and you're proud of your faith can send a message. Um, and I think that's a message we all need to hear is that we are following Christ and we love Christ no matter who's against us. Even if the entire world is against us, I forget who said it, um, but somebody said, even if you're the one person, even if everybody is doing the wrong thing and you're the one person doing the right thing, you'd rather be doing the right thing than the wrong thing. I forget exactly who said that and I'm paraphrasing, but basically if there's only one person doing the right thing, they're still doing the right thing and everybody else is doing the wrong thing. I think nowadays heard um, thinking or heard, yeah, I think it's like, called herd thinking or whatever is very common and a lot of people just go with what the world says or whatever because they just they just think that that's what they should do because everyone else is doing it um they they're unfortunately are unable to think for themselves some christians are like that as well unfortunately um and so i would say pray for them set an example become stronger in your faith too i would say that if you're getting ridiculed a lot um i would highly suggest diving deeper into your faith and being able to approach difficult conversations with a level head um and a lot of the times the best way to do that is to become knowledgeable in the faith because if we're knowledgeable about something we're more likely to address it in um a more uh, what's the term? I want to say level-headed manner, because if we're unsure about something, we get more defensive about it, I think. But um, yeah, just grow in faith more, continue what you're doing and set that example for them. I do think that that's, that is really important. Um, and I will be praying for you. I know how difficult that can be. So hopefully, uh, hopefully it goes well. Okay. Our next question is from Jack and he asks, have you ever re uh, read the Dune saga? You might find its themes interesting. Interesting. Um, I have not read the Dune sagas, but I looked it up. And for anyone who doesn't know the Dune sagas like me, this is the description for it. Dune was one of the first science fiction novels to address issues of religion. Many science fiction authors considered religion an outdated institution that would eventually lose its direct control over society, and many writers assume that the separation of church and state would only widen in the future. But this is apparently one of the best books of all time, um, it's considered, I guess, as well as um, one of the best works of the sci-fi genre. So it definitely looks really cool. Unfortunately, I can't find an exact description anywhere on the book itself, like what's it about or anything like that. Um, but it came, I believe the first Dune book came out in 1965. I'm all for books like this, honestly. I, th I think I would find it interesting. And so I'll definitely look into it. Um, I don't have tons of time to read at the moment, but I am always looking for good books to read. So yeah, I'd definitely be interested in reading it. Um, it looks really good and uh, it's one of the best sellers. So 
I would say that speaks for itself. You know, I, I would say that for sure. Okay. What are your thoughts on dating someone who might be a little older than you? I would say it's, I mean, a little older. I mean, are we talking like a year, two years? Are we talking about months? Um, the person who asked this is a male. So Matt, um, I don't, I don't think there's a problem with that. Um, I am slightly older than my boyfriend by about a year and we have absolutely no issues. But the thing that I really want to draw your attention to is maturity level. So somebody could be older than you, but really immature. Somebody could be younger than you and really wise. So I think it really depends more on maturity level um, than age, so to speak. I don't think, obviously there's limits in age. That's, I'm not saying like date different ages. That's weird, but make sure that the age gap isn't too crazy. But, um, I would say if they're a little older than you, it's not going to be that much of a difference. Uh, what we really should be focusing on is how mature are they in their faith life and their, their spiritual life. Um, but also how mature they are just in general. Do they have a job or are they a slacker? You know, I don't think it's really the age we should be focusing on. It's more of the mental and, and, um, maturity level of the person. So that's, you know, that's kind of like what I would think personally. Um, the next question we have is from Jen and they ask, can being single be a vocation or are you truly meant to either get married or join religious life? This is a question I get all the time. And let me tell you that there is a third option and it's called chaste single life, um, or consecrated virgin virgin, as some people might know it as. And so basically you're still going to be living in some sort of religious um, community, but instead of being a part of a religious order or getting married, you're a consecrated single person. Um, And so basically a a single person is, um, how do I explain this? They're, They're somebody who devotes their entire life to God and they never get married. They never have sex. They never do anything in that area. So in a way, it's almost like a, um, it's almost like a, what's the word? Religious life in a way, but without joining a congregation, so to speak. So if you think you might be called to the chase single life, these are some questions I would highly suggest you ask yourself first. The first one is, do you feel called to discern your vocation at this time in your life? Two, do you have a regular prayer life? Three, are you open to following God's will for you? Four, do you have a desire to love God and his people? Five, do you feel called to dedicate yourself to God entirely in prayer, reflection? Do you sometimes feel called to remain single? And six. If you want more guidance, I highly, highly, highly suggest getting a spiritual director who is a priest or another consecrated virgin or a congregate, like a a nun or something of that nature, because that is really, really helpful when it comes to discerning religious life or discerning um, consecrated single life or discerning marriage is that you actually talk to somebody who's already in that vocation and you see if there's a connection there, what it entails and all of that stuff. So that's how you would technically discern that is through um, contacting somebody who's already in consecrated single life, um, chase single life. And then being able to figure out from there if that is what you are being called to. 
So yeah, there is another option, Chase Single Life, um, Consecrated Virgin, also known as. So I highly suggest that you check that out and maybe that is what your calling is. And um, yeah, I hope that works out for you, Jen. I know it's kind of crazy, but you know, it, it's it's a cool, it's a cool third little uh, um, vocation, you know? I also apologize if you can hear my parents talking in the background and dishes and stuff like that. Um, so anyways, moving on to the next question. Are you going to be making more YouTube videos about the saints or is that over? So I have thought about doing that, but I think I might transfer the Saint shorts over to my podcast just due to the fact that they are so short. I feel like that might be a better podcast episode, like a short podcast episode, nothing too crazy, of course. Um, but I do realize that it takes a lot of, um, time in order to make those by editing and filming and putting up, you know, all these things. And so I think the podcasting format for those would be a lot easier and a little bit more beneficial for you guys. So you guys can just listen to them on my podcast. Um, also regarding the YouTube videos, I will only be uploading once a month from now on. There's just been some crazy stuff happening and there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff going on that I'm so, so excited for, but it has been very demanding of my time. And because of that, it's been very hard to keep on a schedule for uh, YouTube every single week. So I have decided that I'm going to upload once a month because I, I think that way I can put out better quality. I'll have more time to do more research and, and add to the quality of the videos and test out a different, a different kind of um, genre of video too. I'm, I'm very excited to kind of revamp my YouTube channel to make it more professional, but also dive into some more important topics like apologetics and things like that. So yeah, um, that was just a little update on the YouTube channel, but uh, I'm very excited for all of that. So hopefully, hopefully it'll, it'll be fruitful. That's what I'm hoping for, because right now I feel like everything's kind of, um, not everything, but uh, because of the fact that I'm spread so thin, I feel like my YouTube videos have really been slacking recently when they could be so much better if I had just given myself a little bit more time. So once a month videos would be ideal and that's what we're going to try and implement. Um, okay, moving on to Mara. What are good books to read when you are starting to try to learn more about the faith? I'm glad you asked this question because I have a lot. Um, the most important ones that I think you should be getting though is why do Catholics do that? A guide to the, uh, a guide to the teachings and practices of the Catholic Church by Kevin Orland Johnson. That's a very good one on as to why we do the traditions that we do. The next one is The Beauty of the Mass, Exploring the Central Act of Catholic Worship. That one's by Charles S. Johnston. And then also A Brief Catechism for Adults, A Complete Catholic or sorry, a complete handbook on how to be a good Catholic. That's by Father William Cogan. That's a wonderful one, might I add. Um, it's one of my most favorites. And then I don't really know if this one is specifically the best for beginners, but I found it helpful. And it's Introduction to the Devout Life by St. Francis de Sales. Um, that's the one I am currently reading actually right now, and it's been super helpful. Um, what else? The Basic Book of Catholic Prayer, How to Pray and Why by Lawrence G. Levonsky, Levosik, I cannot pronounce his last name, but it's Lawrence G. And you can find all of these on Amazon and probably on Tan Books as well. But I've gotten all of these off of Amazon. So, and then 
another one I would suggest is Why Be Catholic by Father Ken um, Garcy. That one's really, really good. And then also A Biblical Walk Through the Mass. That one's by Father, um, not Father, sorry, Edward Seary. And then An Ignatian Introduction to Prayer. And that one's by Timothy Gallagher. So those would be my top books. So hopefully I didn't say those too fast. Hopefully you guys got a chance to write those down. Those would be my top books for you guys if you want to learn more about the faith and dive deeper into it. Um, Another one you guys hear me mention all the time is The Essential Catholic Survival Guide by Catholic Answers. And yeah, I think overall that would probably be ideal to start off with. Um, And I I hope that that helps you. I really, I really do. So moving on. Have you ever considered the religious life or con- uh, considered being a missionary? So in the beginning, I kind of thought about being a missionary, but the more I prayed about it, the real, the more I realized that it really wasn't for me. I, I didn't like the, the fact of like having to travel constantly and um, it just, it wasn't my strong suit. I had a lot of friends in the missionary side of, of things and I was so proud of them and, and I supported them as much as I possibly could, whether that was financially or whether it was through just prayers and support. Um, but I, I really did not feel called to it at all. When it came to religious life, I did discern with Dominicans. I think that was in 2021. I stayed with some Dominican sisters. And as much as I love the Dominican sisters, I was really depressed when I was staying there. And I talked to one of the sisters there, the main one that was leading the, uh, the, the retreat, so to speak. It was a come and see retreat. And I told her, I'm like, I just feel like this is the most hardest vocation I've ever seen. Like, it just seems so difficult. I feel so depressed. I, I cried like every night. Cause I was like, how on earth would I ever do this? And she told me, she was like, sweetie, it's probably not for you then, because that's how I feel about marriage. And I was like, oh, interesting. So God really did reveal to me within like the first eight hours that, religious life was not for me. Um, and it wasn't just with Dominicans, you know, but they were the only, uh, order that I was really, really interested in. I really love the Dominican sisters. They've helped me so much spiritually. St. Dominic is just so amazing. Uh, but yeah, I, I found out very, very quickly that <laughs> religious life was not my vocation. Um, plus I love kids, you know, I've been babysitting one family for almost six years now. Um, it's just been an abs- about five years actually, but it's been an absolute blessing being able to spend time with children and see how they grow up and, and you know, help them through the different ups and downs of life. Uh, so yeah, I, I just really love babysitting and, and being around children. And uh, that's just something that's always been near and dear to my heart. And I'd like to continue. So uh, yeah, that's basically that. Okay. I have three questions here from Cody. What's your favorite color? My favorite color, well, he says colors. Um, so my favorite color is yellow, but not like a bright, weird yellow. I would say probably like a daffodil yellow, which is like very um a very pastel colored yellow. It's just a very sweet color. Um, uh, my next favorite color would have to be like a pink, um, but it's like a light hot pink, if that makes sense. So it has more like red tones in it. And then after that, I would say like a really rich emerald green. Those are probably like my top three favorite colors. Uh, His next question is, have you ever had Popeye's before? I have. Have you ever had Wendy's before? I have. Their spicy chicken nuggets are really, really good. I wouldn't 
eat them all the time because I prefer Burger King's chicken fries, even though they're horrible for you. I just sometimes, you know, you just got a hankering for some chicken fries. And when Chloe and I were going to Steubenville to be on Matt Frad's podcast, um, oh, when was that? That was in like September. I basically, we were on our way back from the, the interview and we were heading to Louisville to meet with my producer to go over some behind the, behind the scenes things. And I was so hungry. I was craving chicken fries from Burger King so bad that we had to pull over. And I ended up getting, I think it was like 20 or 30 chicken fries. I kid you not. I kid you not. I ate 20 or 30 chicken fries and Chloe was there. She can vouch for me. It was delicious, but probably not the smartest decision ever. Um, but yeah, so not that you guys actually needed any of that information, but um, you have that information now. Okay, moving on. Okay. Do, 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 do. There we go. Okay. Peregrine. Where can I find good Catholic study guides for the Bible? Um, you know, I think the best one that I found is from Father Mike Schmidt's A Bible in a Year podcast. That's the one that my boyfriend and I are doing currently. And I I consider that one to probably be the best one, the best study guide that I've found. It's free online. You just have to print it out and just follow along. You can follow along on the app and follow along with like the Bible in a Year podcast, or you could just do it on your own. Um, but that's probably the best Bible guide that I've personally found. Um so, so yeah, I suggest that one. Next up is from Charlie. What translation of the Bible do you recommend a new Catholic reading uh, for the first time? So there's a couple. Um, the, the top one I would say for Catholic beginners, like Bible beginner Catholics, is the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible. Um, that one's like really, really good. The next one after that would be the Great Adventure Catholic Bible, which I have. Um, that one's very helpful because it also has the timelines in the Bible. It gives you like a lot of visuals, which helps a ton, um, especially for me, somebody who's very visual, um, visually oriented. I need a lot of visuals in order to, I don't know, understand certain things and just seeing the timelines and uh, um I guess the family trees and things like that, instead of just reading it, you actually see it. Um, and I've just found that very, very helpful. So those would be my top two, the Ignatius Catholic study Bible and the great adventure Catholic Bible. So hopefully, hopefully that helps you. Hopefully it goes well. Okay. Next up, do you know if people in the Old Testament, Moses, Abraham, and Noah are considered saints? Thanks. So yeah, so saints are considered anybody who goes to heaven. And those people are in heaven. I know we don't reference them usually as saints. We don't say like Saint Noah or, you know, Saint Abraham or anything like that. But they are saints. They are saints because they are in heaven. And so um, that's, that's kind of how that works. Anyone who gets to heaven is a saint. Okay. <laughs> okay, next one's from Matt. Oh, this is funny. Matt says, one has to go. Coffee, wine, or tea? I'm going to go with wine, personally. Not because I don't enjoy it, but because I don't think it's necessary. I need caffeine every now and then from coffee. And also, you guys know I love my iced coffee. You know, I'm probably going to end up giving that up for the Fiat 90 coming up here. But um, 
I would definitely have to say wine because tea I drink when I'm sick and I just cannot, I cannot get rid of my throat coat tea. Like it just helps me so much. Um, so yeah, I, I would probably say wine. Next one is, do you think Catholicism will become bigger than Protestantism, Protestantism in the USA? I would love to think so, especially with, um, the revamp of traditionalism we're seeing these days. I've seen a lot of young people come back into the faith the last couple of years. And um, I, I do believe that it will become more popular. Will it become po more popular than Protestantism? It, it's kind of hard to tell because there's so many denominations of Protestantism. But I do think because we have more information out there these days on Catholicism and everything, it's easier to research it. Um, and I guess it's also easier to have more misconceptions about it, but I would have to say that I, I would see it increasing. I don't know if it'd become more popular, but I would definitely see it increasing more, I would have to say. Okay, guys. Well, that is it for today's episode. I hope I was able to answer most of your guys' questions. Per usual, you guys send in so many wonderful questions, and I wish I could just spend all day talking to you guys and, and answering these, but we would be here for a very, very long time. And I know you guys have a life. I have a life. So it just, it works out better this way. But thank you so much for tuning in and joining me. And I will talk to you guys in the next podcast. All right, guys. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to A Catholic's Perspective with me, The Religious Hippie. Make sure to visit my official website at thereligioushippie.com, and while you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter to keep up to date with my latest news and offerings. You can also find me on virtually any social media site as The Religious Hippie. Thanks for listening! A quest is a search for something. And every week, the Quest podcast will show you how we know what we know, through interviews with people that have incredible stories of dedication and perseverance. I'm your host, Todd Fisher. Join me in this thought-provoking and inspiring podcast of discovery. Find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please be sure to rate and review this episode. This podcast is produced by Todd Fisher and Anthony Smith and is distributed by Metacortex Publishing. This podcast is copyright. Any previously trademarked or copyright content is used by permission. Information and opinions stated in this podcast should not be construed as medical advice. Please be sure and visit the official website for Metacortex Publishing at metacortexpublishing.com or find us on social media for other unique content.